Welcome back to the podcast. I am excited to share with you today a fun episode that I've only done one other time before. Now, as you guys know, I have a private Bible study community, and this is one of my favorite things I do with Redemption Unveiled, and it's really so fun to stay connected into God's Word and start every week with a Bible study or keep a series going. I've I've absolutely loved it. Now, I want to share with you that next week I am going to open the my private community to join it for a few days, a few days only. And so if you are interested in trying it out, then you can listen to this episode and see if you think it's for you. Now, my private community is really for the busy woman who struggles to read the Bible or to make the Bible part of her lifestyle. Or maybe you sit down and you read it and you get distracted and confused and you don't really know how to, you know, piece the stories together. I actually have discovered the Bible's not boring on any stretch of the imagination. The Bible is not boring. It's just the way it's written is different than we're used to. And one of my one of my passions is to help communicate with you the things that happen in the Bible in a way that makes sense to us now. Certainly, I'm not perfect at it. I'm sure I make lots of mistakes, but I have loved seeking God's word and just discovering what he has for us. Because of course, staying connected to his word and making that part of our lifestyle, our ongoing lifestyle, our ongoing habits is absolutely vital to live out the adventure that God has for us. I believe that. Absolutely. So, here is a free episode, a sample episode of my private Redemption Unveiled Bible study community. And if you think that you would like to join this community so that you can ongoing stay connected to God's word, stay connected to what the Bible says as a lifestyle, and you are, and you just struggle. You struggle to find time. I mean, goodness gracious, we are so busy. I'm busy. You're busy. We're all busy right? So listen to this episode and see if you think it's right for you. Welcome to the Redemption Unveiled community, where we are starting our 40-day countdown to Easter, where we focus on how Jesus saved us all. Now, whether you're one of my ongoing members or one of our special guests for this time, I welcome you and I can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Hello. Welcome to the Countdown to Easter. You all know that I am Haley, and I am so excited to begin this with you today. This is going to be a seven-week Bible study that we are going to go through. And to be honest, I am really looking forward to unpackaging all of this week by week. I have no doubt that God wants to teach every single one of us more about who he is and the story of how he saved us all. Okay, now through this seven week series, we have our core community members that have been here week after week, but we also have some special guests joining us for the seven week study. So no matter who you are, I want to welcome you to this study. And my hope and prayer is that God meets you right where you are in whatever season you're in and that you feel him and get to know him more through this next 40 days. Okay. Now, for those of you choosing to do the fast, we're starting that February 28th. You can just pick one thing you love to do or a habit you have and choose not to do it for 40 days. 
This is, in my opinion, one of the best ways to grow your spiritual strength and grow your self-control and truly feel very connected to God because every time I think about that thing I want to do, it reminds me of this journey I'm on with him and it reminds me to pray or think about um, my relationship with him. So no pressure. If it's not a good season for you to do a fast, no pressure. But if you want to join us, you guys all know I gave you that fast tracker that you can. Now, I want to give you a little heads up of how each of these episodes are going to be set up, okay? Every Monday, I'm going to give you right here a episode of the Bible study to look at how Jesus saved us all. Now, I want to start off, the first part is just talking about the story of what happened in that time of of the story. Okay. So we're just going to talk about the story. I want to keep it really laid back and I want you guys to be able to just set and listen. I don't want it to feel like we're having to, you know, be super bible about it. I want you guys to be able to just hear the story as if all of these people are real life people <laughs> because they were. And hopefully it's a new perspective to hear it in that way. Now, the second part of each podcast, I want to pull out some of the interesting details and the key connection of that week. I want to pull out kind of, hey, have we ever thought about this from this story? And lastly, every episode, I want to end it with a challenge for you, a weekly challenge to say, hey, this this part of the story is challenging us in this way. Let's, let's rise up to the challenge, okay? Now, let's get started with week one of looking at how Jesus saved us all. I'm so excited. Okay, we are going to start this story. Um, I just kind of want to give you the setting of where we're coming into to the story, okay? Now, we're about three years into Jesus's ministry here in in what we're going to be talking about today, and... If you know the Bible well in the stories in the Gospels, you know that one of the things that Jesus did, one of his greatest talents, was ruffling the feathers of the religious leaders of the time. Okay, he knew how to poke the bear. He knew how to rile them up. Jesus often found himself in hot water. And if you read through the stories of the different miracles he did, oftentimes he would take it one step too far not in the way that he got out of line, but for the people. He challenged them in a way that nobody else had done. And it really didn't set well with a lot of the religious people in the day. So oftentimes we see Jesus kind of getting in these situations where this mob is coming after him. He angers the crowd. And we see time and time again that it says, and Jesus got away. He left. He left the area that they weren't able to, you know, there's times like they'll be like, kill him, kill him. But he gets out of the situation. Okay. Now, most of everything we're looking at is in John 11 today, except for a little bit of John 10 at the end. So, of course, I put that in your Bible study summary. So if anybody wants to look it over, you're more than welcome to do so. The other thing, um, so where we're coming into this story today, kind of the setting, is Jesus had just gotten into some hot water, and at the end of John 11, or at the end of John um, 10, okay, 
He had just gotten into an argument with some of the religious leaders, and it says, again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp, okay? So that's where we're coming into the story, okay? Now, the people we're going to be talking about today, number one, Jesus. (laughs) Probably you guys know him. I'm not going to give a ton of introduction on him. Number two, we're going to be talking about the disciples. They're a big part of our key takeaways for the for this week because of just the perspective they bring to this to this story. The other people we're going to be talking about today is Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Now it says in the Bible that these are people that Jesus loved. They were his friends, okay? So if you think about it, it this is how I like to think about it. The disciples were the people that Jesus was called to. They were truly chosen by God the Father, for Jesus to equip, okay? Now, in my opinion, I think some of the people Jesus walked with, like Lazarus and Mary and Martha, those were kind of the people that if he was just going to hang out and have a good time, he maybe wanted to hang out with them. Like, we'll see in the next few few weeks that I feel like they just got him. They, they understood it. And I think Jesus, and it even says, in the scriptures that Jesus loved them, okay? Now, we're going to be talking about the religious leaders of the time, the leaders that often hated Jesus. Like, Jesus caused a lot of problems for these religious leaders. And lastly, we're going to be talking about a messenger, a messenger that sent a message, okay? I want to give you guys the characters of the story, I don't mean that in a fictional way, but just the people that we're talking about today so that you guys have an understanding of this story in a real clear way. Okay, let's get in to the story of the week of how Jesus saved us all. Now, it was a few months ago. I've been in the Christian culture my entire life and never had I ever put together that Jesus and the story of Lazarus was so connected to the crucifixion. I'd never seen it. I didn't know that. And it just jumped out at me because I've heard the story of Lazarus my whole life. But I never realized that it was that miracle that really is the thing that sent Jesus to the cross. Now, we I, I want to bring this up because I think... It's interesting that the story of the crucifixion and resurrection begins with a resurrection. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but there's something to that. that I just think it's so interesting. Okay. So like I told you, we're going to get into this story right when Jesus had gotten himself into a hot water situation. Okay. He knew how to ruffle the feathers. He knew how to poke the bear. And that's exactly what he had just done when we come into this story. Now, this is the end of John 10. And it says, again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. This is the people that hated him, the religious leaders. Like they were done. He had offended them one too many times. And it says they tried to seize him. And then it says, then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed, and many people came to him, and in that place they and in that place many believed in Jesus. 
Like I told you before, this isn't the first time this has happened for Jesus. This was kind of a way of life for them at this point. He would he had so many people following him. And of course, with all the people following him, he was going to have people in those crowds and there that didn't agree that he really made angry. So we have this time, once again, that he had angered the crowd and it says he went away. He got away and he was now in a place where, honestly, he was accepted. Like he had, he went to a place that many people believed in him. And I don't know about you, but if I were Jesus, it'd be so nice to just stay in that kind of place. Like, hey, I'm actually going to just stay here for a second, right? But... As we're going to see, something happens, okay? I told you earlier about Lazarus and Mary and Martha. I don't remember if I mentioned that they're actually brothers and sisters, okay? So you have a brother and his two sisters. And unfortunately, Lazarus gets sick. Not just like sick, but sick sick, okay? Now, Mary and Martha and Lazarus know the power that Jesus has. They believe in him. They've seen him do all the different miracles. And so, of course, as we all would, they sent word to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were them, I would have done the exact same thing. Like one of my close family members were seriously, seriously ill. I mean, even now, like if somebody was seriously ill, what are we going to do? We're going to pull out all the connections we have to get them in the best, you know, hospital or best doctor for them to get, especially if we knew somebody had the cure, right? We do whatever it takes. And that's exactly what they did. We actually see, it says that they sent a messenger. It says, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, then we see something very interesting. I don't know about you, but I am constantly surprised by how Jesus made decisions, okay? And this is just me, but I find that many of the things he did were super awkward. Like the things he said, it's like if I was there, I'm like, I would be putting my head down and like... You know how you get hot when there's an awkward situation in front of you, even if later is like kind of funny. But like Jesus, to me, when you think through some things, it was just awkward. Okay, so you have Mary Martha that sent a messenger. They got word to Jesus. Okay, keep in mind he's he's across the Jordan. Okay, so it's it's not just like oh he's right there, right? I mean they had to send word to him. Now listen what happens when Jesus receives the message, okay? We're in, we're in John 11 still. And it says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. So exactly what you think would happen. When he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. (laughs) He did nothing. (laughs) Okay, that's the part I want to pause for a second. Okay, imagine you're this messenger. 
Okay, maybe, I don't know exactly how that works. Maybe they hired someone. Maybe they had a friend they sent. But there's someone carrying this message, right? There's no texting. There's no, like, somebody had this message for Jesus. My guess is they delivered it as quickly and urgently as they possibly could. That's just my guess. It doesn't say that. But if I was a friend of the family or even a messenger, and I was Mary and Martha, and I hired someone or asked someone to send this message to Jesus, right? I would be like, this is urgent, right? Like, go, go, go. You know how you have just a 911 situation? Like, hurry, quick, go get Jesus. Someone go get Jesus, right? So there's this messenger. We don't know who he is, but he rides up and, you know, here he goes. Okay, Jesus, Jesus, like, I have a message for you. Like, your good friend Lazarus is about to die, and he needs you. He needs you, and he delivered. Maybe it was a, a letter, right? Maybe it was just a message he said. And so Jesus hears the message, and what does he do? Does he, you know, grab a horse and hurry that way? No, he does nothing for two days. He stays right where he is for two days, right? Okay, wow. Can you imagine the awkward moment that the messenger realized Jesus is not getting up? It's like, Okie dokie. You know, did he stay there until Jesus left? Did he ride back home to let him know, like, hey, uh, Mary and Martha, like, I gave Jesus a message, but he didn't really get up. So I don't don't know. That's just one of those things. It's like, I'm, this isn't the point of today's lesson, but it's a little side thought. Do you think Mary and Martha got mad or offended or hurt that Jesus, you know, assuming, let's say the messenger came back and said, I did tell Jesus, but I will say he didn't move. (laughs) Do you think that Martha and Mary thought, huh, like maybe he doesn't love us like we thought he did, right? I mean, I'm just saying that that's what I would feel. Um, Or do you think they were mature enough to say, well, Jesus has, Jesus has a, um, a reason for what he did and I trust him. I don't know. I don't know. So let's go on. And so, and then, so he stayed where he was for two more days. And then it says, let, let us go back to Judea. Okay. So he, he does nothing for two days. And then he says, okay, let's go. Now, listen to what the disciples say here, because something I haven't told you yet is that Lazarus actually lived in the hot water zone, (laughs) like in the place that Jesus just escaped from. That's where Lazarus and Mary and Martha are. So the disciples say, but Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews were, were, they were trying to stone you. And yet you want to go back? Hmm. So the disciples are saying, hey, um, Jesus, remember, uh, this isn't a safe place for you. And if we go back, like, they're going to come after you, right? And unfortunately, like, the disciples had misunderstood, perhaps. You know, maybe the disciples thought when, when the messenger came and Jesus didn't go, I could see how the disciples thought, oh, yeah, like, we can't go back there because it's dangerous, right? So maybe they assumed that Jesus was, like, not going back there because it was dangerous, but then Jesus is like, hey, guys, let's go. Let's go back. And they, they say, what? No, no. Hey, you forgot. You forgot about those people trying to kill you. And he says, no. And so he actually responds to them. 
Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It's when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. I believe, in my opinion, what he's talking about here is fear. You know, being controlled by that that fear. He says, I, I am not afraid. I'm doing what my father's telling me to do. So I have no fear. There's freedom there. We're not sneaking... Like, Jesus is saying, we're not sneaking, sneaking around here trying to stay away from trouble. I'm doing what my father told me to do. And now he says, go back to Judea. So he does. Now, the point of this week's lesson isn't actually about Lazarus. So I do want to, we're going to kind of speed ahead. If you know the story, Lazarus, when Jesus gets there, is dead. He is dead, and it says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already died, and he'd been in the tomb for four days. So now keep this in mind. It says, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. We are talking the burial has happened. He is he is dead. Mary and Martha had come, had come to terms Jesus didn't make it four days ago he died and Jesus maybe he wouldn't have made it back anyways but he definitely didn't rush back and so this this story in this point is that Lazarus is dead so Jesus ends up raising Lazarus from the dead he he goes, he calls him up. Of course, they're like, uh, no, like he's really dead. You, we need to not open the grave. He says, no, open the grave. And he calls Lazarus out. He resurrects Lazarus from the dead. So interesting to me that the miracle, the kind of the biggest miracle he does that is reported in this, in this story of the chapter or in this chapter of the Bible, is a resurrection. I wonder, I don't know how it works, but it's just very intri- interesting to me. So we see that Lazarus is dead and Jesus saved saves him. Okay, now there is a problem. This was not a secret miracle. The town had no knew exactly. We're talking the people, their friends from Jerusalem had come. A lot of people knew that Lazarus was dead. This was no, you know, oftentimes when Jesus did miracles, he what he tell them, shh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. There was no not telling anyone. I mean, people had been visiting the family. People had been comforting them in their time of mourning. There was no putting this one back in. Like it was out. Okay. It was out. So naturally it says many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. They believed in Jesus, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And do you guys think that that went well? Do you think that the religious leaders were just, oh, awesome. No, no, no. They, this was the moment. Okay, this miracle right here, it actually says here, it says, so from that day on, they plotted to take his life. 
And then listen, therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the wilderness to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. Okay, that is wrapping up the story of today. Now, what I want us to look at is this interesting connection here. This interesting feature within the story is throughout Jesus's ministry, like I said earlier, Jesus goes out into the world and he pulls back. He goes out into the world and he pulls back. Oftentimes, even if when Jesus wasn't in danger, when a huge crowd grew, what we see Jesus doing is withdrawing. Like he is pull, like he, keep in mind, he only ever does what he, his father tells him to do. So his father would say, heal this person, do this miracle, and then pull back, go away from the, the fame or go away from the crowd. And every time up to this point, when danger gathered him, he just slipped away, okay? The thought I want to pull out today is the disciples, after living with him, watching his ministry, somewhere along the way, believed that that is how Jesus lived his life, was, oh, when things get dangerous, Jesus gets away. Jesus hides. He, he avoids the danger, and he knows how to get out of the danger. So along that way, even now, he did the miracle. The Jews decided to take his life, and Jesus slips back. Now, we're going to look at this over the next few weeks, because this is part, in my opinion, why the disciples were so surprised in the coming weeks that he doesn't do this again. Because somewhere along the way, they had written this as this belief that Jesus tries to get out of danger, that that was one of his ways he lives his life. But yet, even though Jesus often left danger, it wasn't because he was scared to get captured. He was scared of the religious leaders or even scared of the mob. That's not why Jesus was leaving. He was leaving because his father would tell him, now leave. I'll take care of you. It's not your time yet, but you leave now. And he would do that. Today's challenge that I want to challenge you in, okay? Let's switch switch our thoughts for a second. And let's think about our, our walk, our journey. My mom growing up used to say this to me. Something I've learned about myself, she would say is sometimes when God wants to prune me and he's trying to teach me something, I will get out the chainsaw and just start whacking away. And I've thought that was a really interesting perspective. And I've seen in my own life that I can do the exact same thing. Has God ever taught you a lesson for a really long time? And in that season, you begin to believe that that's what God wants from you. For instance, let's say you're a really vocal person and God is trying to teach you how to be quiet, (laughs) sit down and listen. I know I've went through a season like that and it wasn't a day, it wasn't a week, it wasn't months, it was years where he genuinely said to me, I want you to sit down, I want you to be quiet, I want you to listen to me and let me heal you. You know what I started to believe in that season of my life? 
that what God wanted from me forever was to sacrifice my voice and to sit down and be quiet. I had taken a chainsaw when he was trying to prune me. He was trying to teach me. Sometimes we misunderstand what God is doing in our life because he will spend a long time teaching us through long seasons. Perhaps you've been in a season where God's asked you to do something for a long time. And we can pick God's why to make it make sense in our own brain. Oh, God wants me to sacrifice. He wants me to lay down my voice and he wants me to do that for him. And I do believe he did that. He wanted that for me for a season. One of the worst things we can do is define God's purpose just because he takes us through a season of pruning. You know, perhaps you've been in a a long season and you've defined God as someone he, he may be, that's part of his purpose for you, but that's part of just a season of your life. Now we're going to see over the next coming weeks that Jesus gets himself into another hot water situation and he doesn't leave. He doesn't try to escape danger. And the disciples were so confused by this because somewhere along the way, they thought that that was what Jesus did. That was who he was. And I think we have to be careful as humans defining who God is simply because you've had an experience in your life, perhaps even an experience that God has had you in for a long time. It doesn't mean that that's the only part of who he is or that's the only way he'll ask you to live. I know for me, you know, he can ask me to sit down and be quiet just as much as he can ask me to stand up and speak. It's not necessarily about the action, but about the obedience. Jesus lived his life and only did what he he saw his father doing. I think that that is so intriguing. He was so obedient. But we have to be so careful by defining um, our God and his intentions. <laughs> of course, Jesus would never misunderstand his father. But if that was me and I had a ministry and the father had always said, okay, leave. Okay, get out of the danger. Get out of the danger. And then one day he switched what he told me. He said, no, don't leave. Stay. What if I had defined God as a way of handling the situation instead of listening to his voice? What if I missed it? What if I missed the, the instruction he gave me because I had become so systematic and, well, when this thing happens, this is how I handle it. That's what God's taught me. I'm convinced that God doesn't want us to be people of systems. He doesn't want you to learn the rules. He doesn't want you to just say, oh, this is who God is in a way that you just have a list and you know how to handle every situation because that's not how God is and that's not what he wants from you. What your God wants from you is for you to live life with him every day. And he may tell you for long seasons of a time, hey, do this. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And it's the same over and over. How much do I have to do it? But he never wants you to define his word as a system, his word as a way of life. When, because what if the next day he tells you to do the different thing? Don't go. Stay. Don't sit down and be quiet. Speak. Will you be ready to do it? Are we people who, have, who want to put God in a box where we always know what he's going to do? 
How silly of the, of us to think, oh, I know what God does because he's taught me this lesson. Oftentimes he teaches us lessons and once we learn it, he can use us even more because it's not that we learn the lesson, it's that we learned his voice. So I want to wrap up week one of the countdown to Easter. And my challenge for you today is, is there any areas of life that you have stopped getting to know your father's voice because you've implemented a system for your life and you don't even ask him what to do in that situation because you think you already know the answer. Thank you guys for joining me. I'll see you guys back here on Monday or whenever it's best for you to listen. Goodbye. Well, that was fun. Don't forget, you can message me anytime on Instagram. I'll see you next time. Bye, girl. Okay, so if you are interested at all in joining the community, I am doing a limited time. I'm sending out a discount for the people who join a waitlist now. So if you are interested, go to redemptionavailcommunity.com or click the link in the show notes and I will send you a discount and you will get the best price next week when I open it. And I'll also make sure you don't miss the opening. Okay, guys, I'll see you guys back here next week. Have a good one. Bye.